hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. I'm starting to get kind of low on stories, and I really want to start making more videos, and I really need the stories to do that. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. No one really takes someone serious when they have a supposed ghost story or when they've encountered something paranormal. People tend to either laugh at you or just brush it off and accuse you of just seeking attention because something as silly as ghosts can be real, right? Well, I can promise you that ghosts, or better yet, poltergeists, are definitely real. Painfully so. At least it was for me. I've told this story to my family and friends countless times before, but this is the first time that I've ever shared it online before, so I apologize if this is lengthy or doesn't make much sense since this happened roughly 12 to 13 years ago, when I was around 12 or 13. I'll try my best not to make it too long. So here it goes. I want to go ahead and say that this was when I was in middle school, and my mom had remarried to my then stepdad, not long after separating from my deadbeat of a father. Not long after they got married, we had moved to several different houses, and even to a different state at one point. But the story takes place in one specific home, that I can still remember in perfect detail. It was a simple two-story house with a nice large backyard, surrounded by the occasional neighbor and a thin line of trees to give each house its own version of privacy. The inside of the house is where it really matters, though. When you walk through the front door, the first thing you'll see is a small staircase that would lead to a small bathroom with two bedrooms on either side of it. The room to my left was my little brother's, and the right belonged to me. To the right of the stairs was the living and dining room, with a small mudroom tucked behind it. Said mudroom would lead to the garage, where most of our things and my parents' cars were. Leading from the dining room was the kitchen that also connected to another bathroom, with the master bedroom facing across from it. Both my brother's room and mine were rather massive, both with decently sized closets, but for some reason my room had two, while my brother only had the one. My room was large, with a small cubicle-sized addition to the room that had the only eye-level window facing the front yard. At the time, I didn't really have much furniture, since the only things that I did have was my bed, a tall dresser sitting in one corner of the room with my TV on it, a very old desk facing a wall not too far from my bed, a small table next to my bed, and lastly, my computer. We lived in this house for a few months, when one day, I asked if I could invite one of my cousins to spend the night with us. For the sake of privacy, this cousin will be called D. D was a cousin for my stepdad's family, who I got along with really well from the start. She was a little younger than me, but that didn't really matter because we had so much in common. We were both horse-crazy little girls who loved to sing, dance, and talk about ghost stories, just to try and spook the other person out. Who would have ever thought that we'd both be a part of a very real ghost story? 
Since we didn't have another room for her to stay in, I offered for Dee to sleep in the same bed as me, because the bed itself was rather big, and it only made sense that she would share it with me, since we had been so close at the time. Looking back on it now, I'm so glad to have had her with me. It still gives me the chills to think that I could have experienced this whole thing alone, with no one believing me. I remember going to bed sometime past 10pm, and having a hard time falling asleep. When I finally managed to close my eyes, I remember having a seriously scarring nightmare. So bad that even to this day, my mind refuses to properly conjure up every detail. All I remember was being surrounded by a sea of blood, and the howls of people screaming in pain, or maybe even fear. I remember one detail that linked me to whoever or whatever it was that haunted that damn house. In this hellish dream, I recall seeing a small blonde girl screaming and crying just before someone starts killing her with a knife. Not long after that, my back felt like it was on fire. It was like something or someone was setting my back on fire while being stabbed repeatedly with thousands of nails going down my spine. The pain was unbearable. Then just as it started, I woke up. When my eyes opened, I then took note that I was back in my room with my cousin sleeping soundly beside me. No more blood or hellish torture scenes. I was safe. Suddenly I had a really strong urge to look out my bedroom door. Something that even now, I can't really explain. All I know is that I had to look and I couldn't stop myself. What I saw still makes my blood run cold. It was a girl with long blonde hair and pale skin. She was wearing a blue polka dotted sundress that reached to her knees and what I assume was a straw sun hat. It was the girl from my nightmare. We stared at each other for what felt like an eternity, but in reality, it must have been no more than like 20 seconds. I broke eye contact and I threw my blanket right over my head. I prayed and prayed for whatever that thing was to go the fuck away, when my back suddenly felt like it was on fire. It hurt so, so bad. Jumping from my bed, I turned on my bedroom light and I grabbed my Bible that my grandmother had gifted me a long time ago. When I flipped on the switch, the little girl was gone. My cousin was rightfully confused as to why I had turned on the lights, but when I told her what had happened, she was just as scared as I was. We called out for my mom, and as we waited for her to come to our rescue, we sat in absolute horror as we heard hard and heavy footsteps make their way up the stairs. To this day, my mom claims that the noise that we heard was just her trying to get to us, but I know that those footsteps weren't her. My mom is a small petite woman no taller than 5 foot 3 and weighed no more than 135 pounds. Those steps making their way up the stairs were heavy and loud as of someone wearing thick boots climbed up those 13 steps. It felt like that sound was on a constant loop until my mom finally made it to my room. After that day, my cousin refused to stay over ever again and the activity in the house got worse. Most of the activity stayed within my bedroom, but on occasion, it would also attack my little brother or even my mom if she happened to be home alone. Things would be thrown across my room or toys that I had placed on one side of my room would have been tossed or moved to the other side without anyone being in the room. The second closet in my room would occasionally creak open, and the only thing you'd see is pitch black darkness. But even though there was nothing physically in that closet, you could just feel that something was lurking in the darkness. 
I never told my mom or stepdad about the things that happened in my room until years later, after my mom divorced the man and cut all contact with the guy. Not long after, she married her now current husband, and she began talking about her own paranormal experiences until she brought up the time Dee and I had that spooky experience. I then confessed everything to her, and even talked about how on the weekends that my brother and I were forced to stay with my dad, I really dreaded ever going back to that hellhole of a house. It's been years since then, and I'm now a grown 25-year-old woman who loves all things horror and spooky. Movies, games, stories, you name it. And even though I've had several different paranormal experiences before and even after that fateful night, this story still plagues me to this very day. I'm convinced that whatever haunted and tormented me all those years ago was a poltergeist. There's nothing you can say that can convince me otherwise. I'm a male, 28, and I live in the northeast part of Tennessee, and I love anything to do with horror. So before I begin, here's a little backstory. I moved in with my aunt about a year and a half ago, until I straightened up my life a little. But just in a couple of weeks of me being there, her fiancé died because his liver basically exploded, and, well, my aunt and I witnessed the entire thing. It was truly sad, but fucked up at the same time. He passed away in the apartment. Then not too long after he died, our neighbor at the end of the complex died because of the exact same reason. We were close to her. I believe that this is important for the story. So, some time goes on, and things start getting a little strange. Like things mysteriously disappearing, then reappearing, and the feeling of being watched. Now when I say that, it wasn't a bad feeling, but it was definitely there, and it felt like it was watching out of curiosity or protection. So, not too long after that is when it gets even stranger. My aunt and I were in the kitchen one night talking, as we always did, when all of a sudden the microwave turns on by itself, and there was no way one of us hit it. As we look at each other in shock, she shuts it off, and right as she was saying how weird that was, it came back on. We watched it do that for a couple more times, until she finally unplugged it and went to bed. Well, a few weeks pass, and I'm laying in bed with the woman I was seeing at the time, when all of a sudden... All of the doors upstairs then slam shut. Then either the front or back metal door slam shut as well. And we heard running up the stairs and right to my door. We sat up waiting on someone to bust through the door, but nothing happened. I get up and open the door, and no one was there. I then run downstairs to check everywhere for someone in the house, but nothing. And to top it all off, both metal doors were already locked. As soon as I told her this, she immediately wanted to leave. So after that, things had started to calm down for a while. That is, until last night. So I was getting ready for work, and I worked graveyard, so it was late. I was getting ready to smoke before I left the house. I went to my room and I shut my door so the whole house didn't smell me smoking. But as I sat down, I witnessed my door slowly opening. As I was in shock... I called out. Jeffrey, if that's you or Miss Caroline, please stop. And just as I said that, it stopped. Now, I'm agnostic, but I've always leaned more towards atheism because I really hate religion and everything about it. But this experience has been a total mindfuck. Not because it scared me, not because I'm more curious than scared, 
but because it's confused me even more. I just hope it has good intentions and not bad. I almost forgot to mention, I was telling my neighbor directly beside me as I thought he was going to call me a lunatic. He looked relieved and he told me he had been experiencing the same types of things as I was. Pretty damn weird and creepy stuff. Anyways, thanks for listening. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption on the stories, but I just want to take a small moment to thank today's sponsor, Paint Your Life. When I heard about PaintYourLife.com, I thought that it was a really good idea for maybe birthdays or anniversaries or weddings. With Paint Your Life, you can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at an affordable price. It's also really fast. You can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. It's very meaningful and personal and can be cherished forever. I actually personally used Paint Your Life and I really was blown away by the quality of the painting. So if you're into art and maybe you have a photo of someone or someplace that's really special to you, I definitely think you should try Paint Your Life. At PaintYourLife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word TABLE to 64000. That's TABLE to 64000. Text TABLE to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com terms. All right, let's get back into the stories. My name is Snow, and I'm a student at a well-known mortuary school for the study of mortuary science. I've always been really fascinated with death, and from a young age, I had desired to become a mortician. I highly believe in the paranormal, and I have a few crazy stories to share with you all. But one in particular... I will never forget. It shook me to my very core, and it's now a permanent memory in my head, and I still to this day have no explanation for it. Just for reference, I'm a senior in college, so 2021 was my graduating year. I had gotten a really good chance, and I got to work in a top-class funeral home as a crematory operator, as well as an embalmer while still in classes for the experience. This was about two and a half years ago. I'm a female who's a bit on the thicker side, and I consider myself pretty strong for what I am. I'm about five foot five, but I lift bodies all day long. But one day I had taken a corpse who had been in a really bad car accident. At the time, I was doing an embalming. Short description, embalming is where all the blood is drained from the body and diluted formaldehyde is flowed through the body for non-permanent preservation. This is also the time where the corpse is cleaned up. Now, I have to add a trigger warning. If you are sensitive to gore, I highly recommend skipping this part of the video. The said corpse had been in a really bad car accident that also ended up catching flame, so this is pretty sensitive content. But anyways, the said corpse was of a young man. He had been horribly disfigured during this accident, 
so he was pretty much just a really big pile of bones and flesh when he was brought to me. I remember when the person who delivered him to us brought him in. The smell hit the room like a bomb. It was the worst smell that I'd ever been exposed to before during a case. Of course though, I thanked the driver and I sent him on his way so I could start the process. When I unzipped the white sheet, it honestly almost made me burst into tears. Here was a young kid, only a couple years younger than me, who had his life taken away by a drunk driver, and now he was just bones, teeth, and flesh. I tried my best to put him back together, but I could only save what I could. But right before I put the needle into him, I heard a door slam shut behind me. I whipped around and saw nobody. I then walked up to it and opened it. I looked around some more, and after not seeing anything, I just shut it and went back to what I was doing. I felt like I was being watched, like someone didn't want me to continue any further on what I was doing. But I went along anyway and just tried to get my job done so that I could go home to my fiance on our twin daughters, Chevelle and Nova. After about 10 minutes, when whatever blood was still draining was flowing smoothly, the shop phone began to ring. It was almost 9pm and I was the only person there. I took off my gloves and went to answer. Hey, thank you for calling the funeral home. How can we be of service today? I asked. Where's my son at, you fucking bitch? Where is he? A distraught female voice said on the other end. My heart exploded at this and I was confused. Um, I'm sorry, your son. Was he brought to this parlor? I asked politely. Where is he? Why was he taken to you so you could steal his organs and sell them? I'm on to you, you fucking whore. The female yelled. I was taken aback and I was already over this phone call altogether. Miss, I understand this is a hard time, but yelling and cursing at me isn't the answer. Please call back at normal hours tomorrow, 6am to 8pm. I said. It sounded like she had hit something pretty hard and she also huffed with anger. I know where you work. I'm coming down there with my sawed-off shotgun. You fucking whores need a lesson. And with that, the call ended. I wasn't really scared at all. I really didn't believe her, but I was a bit shaken up. I hung up the phone and went back to what I was doing. Well, minutes later, after cleaning up and putting the corpse in storage, things started flying off my shelves. All the products used and some of my aprons. But while picking them up, I heard a car door slam really fucking hard from outside, and then some footsteps coming up the ramp. I didn't move, but I dug behind some furniture in the viewing room. That's when I saw something I never wanted to see. I swear to fucking god, there was a man looking through the windows to see if anybody was still there. From where I hid, I could see the window. I looked, and I swear on my own life. It was the same young man who I had just worked on in the next room over. I was frozen in fear. I just started shaking. He started screaming this blood-curdling scream and proceeded to bang on the windows, and I even heard banging on all the doors and windows at once. But I only ever remember seeing the one person, not anybody else. This lasted for almost 10 minutes, so that's when I called 911 and dispatched sent a couple of cars my way. But all of a sudden, it then went quiet. He was gone, and it was so eerie that I swear it almost made me cry even harder. I thought possibly it could be over, but I was wrong. All of a sudden, 
All the casket lids started all shutting and closing violently all at once. All of the flowers started getting tossed around the room and the TV turned on. I could only sit there in what seemed like a shell shock. I then watched as a big dark mass then formed in the middle of the room. It turned into a person and there he was again. He was now looking at me with a crooked smile. I then got up and ran to my car. I fumbled with the keys and that's when the police showed up. Both stepped out and looked towards the parlor, which at this point looked like a fucking rave party. The glass shattered out of the windows at some point. The officers had asked me what was going on, but I couldn't speak. I just totally shut down as they ran, guns drawn into the building. As soon as they entered, it stopped. It went quiet. When they came back out, they questioned me. An ambulance fire crew and the owner of the funeral home was all on site within an hour. While I waited for an investigation to be done, my phone rang. I looked, and it was an unknown number. My heart sank to my stomach, but I answered. Uh, hello? My shaky voice asked. Did you have fun? I know I sure did. I left you a little surprise in your car. A female voice rasped out. I chucked my phone away and I went to my car. I opened the door, and I found what was I'm pretty sure was blood all over my dash and steering wheel. Weeks after this whole ordeal, I had gotten a call from the police with forensic results regarding the blood. Um, hello, Miss Whalen? We have some news regarding your case, he said. Yeah, thanks for calling. Go on and tell me, I said. Well... The blood found in your car was a positive match to the young man that you embalmed, and some of it was also his mother's.